0: Take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. Joke of the day comes from... Comedian Alonzo Bowden. Alonzo Bowden is an American comedian and actor known for winning the grand prize in the third season of the reality television series Last Comic Standing in 2004. He had been the runner-up in the previous season. He talks about creativity, creativity, and situational jokes. Creativity is making something from nothing. Creativity, my most creative moment, my favorite moment is when I do a joke that will never be funny again because it was just in that moment, in that situation with that audience, with that person I was talking to with the whatever. And it was just funny right then. And I, I didn't think of it beforehand. It wasn't written. It was just in the moment. I, to me, that's like the jazz of comedy thought of the day comes from martial arts expert and philosopher and actor Bruce Lee. Do not pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Welcome to episode 24. Thank you for joining me today. September 26th is National Situational Awareness Day, which brings attention to personal safety, self-defense, and being aware of your environment. Situational awareness can be defined as the perception of environmental elements and making decisions in real time and space by trying to recognize and dismiss risks or threats. In previous episodes this month, I have talked about September 11, 2001 and my experience with the aftermath of the attacks on the World Trade Center. But today, I want to talk about situational awareness and how people with disabilities need to be aware of different situations, especially as it relates to personal safety, and self-defense. When I was growing up in the 1970s and 80s, the understanding of disabilities was a lot different than it is today. There were many physical obstacles like stairs or slippery floors that I needed to be aware of. In school, many times I had to be vigilant or Very aware of all the different environmental factors. I had to think about moving my arms and legs in a conscious rhythm in order to walk, go up and down stairs, or just maneuver in the hallway. If there were other people around, I also had to be aware of the number of people and make sure that I didn't trip. People or people didn't trip me. Sometimes I got into interesting discussions or disagreements because crowds didn't always notice my crutches. There were times when the disagreement of whether I tripped someone or they tripped me got interesting. And I wanted to speak up. But because some people could react quicker or speak up quicker, it was easier for me just to apologize or not to pick a fight or disagree. Many times I felt like I couldn't react aggressively or speak of myself because people were allowing me to be in school or in another public place and I should just appreciate being there or in another environment. I felt like by breaking the disability barrier at school or in the community I was experiencing a privilege that other people weren't allowed to experience. It was similar to Jackie Robinson breaking the color barrier in baseball. Simply by fighting back he would lose his chance to succeed in a world where he wasn't supposed to exist. I also got in trouble in elementary school for trying to use my crutches as a way to defend myself. In second grade, a verbal teasing altercation escalated when I felt threatened after lunch. I got pushed by someone in the hallway with other students around. I raised my crutch to fight back, and immediately a teacher yelled at me and sent me to the principal's office. The principal told me there was a real concern because my crutches could be used as weapons. So in a way, I got sent to the penalty box for high-sticking like in hockey, because the teacher was concerned that I would hurt people. I remember asking, how am I supposed to defend myself? I wasn't given much of an answer. Remember, this was years before the ADA and reasonable accommodation. Many people with disabilities are taught to comply with the conditions around them to make things easier. That way they would be less of a burden or less of a threat. Sometimes when people with disabilities raise problems or issues, especially in crowded or public spaces, other people lash out with negative comments. Just by having crutches, sometimes, it made me feel intimidated because I did not have the same level of coordination. The consequence of asserting myself in situations also made me feel physically or intellectually vulnerable. The fear or consequence is sometimes commonly known as the fight-or-flight instinct. According to some recent studies, people with disabilities are 8 to 10 times more likely to be abused or have violence perpetrated on them because of their physical or other weakness. In episode 2 of the podcast, I talked about the importance of dignity and respect increasing larger living and learning spaces. I learned the importance of this in the Leadership Empowerment and Abuse Prevention Project at Virginia Commonwealth University. In a simple but powerful set of statements, those with disabilities can claim their own personal safety and security. The power statement has four parts. The first part of the power statement is, I am strong. The second part of the power statement is, my feelings are important. The third part of the power statement is, I deserve to feel safe. The fourth and final part of the power statement is, I deserve respect. Speaking up for people with disabilities can also be a challenge, but it is often the first line of defense in situational awareness. I have heard stories of people in wheelchairs yelling fire to scare perpetrators away and to escalate the urgency of the help needed. This is because sometimes the yelling for help by itself causes the bystander effect where someone doesn't want to get involved. The bystander effect or bystander apathy is a psychological theory that states that individuals are less likely to offer help to a victim when there are other people around. Impactability is a program in different states in the country. That helps people with disabilities with self-advocacy and self-defense, starting with the encouraging use of assertive language and defense techniques. There's research from 2017 about using mixed martial arts to promote Executive Functioning in Children with Autism Spectrum Disorder. Executive Function is a set of mental skills that include working memory, flexible thinking, and self-control. People use these skills every day to learn and manage daily tasks. Trouble with Executive Functioning can make it hard to focus, follow directions, and regulate emotions amongst other things. By using partner drills with typically developing peers, the children with ASD learned the importance of social turn-taking, discipline, focus, and body control. The study used The theory of the zone of proximal development to pair typically developing peers with those with autism spectrum disorder. The zone of proximal development, also known as scaffolding, is an area of learning that occurs when someone is assisted by a teacher or a peer with a higher skill set. The person learning the skill set cannot complete the skills without the assistance of the teacher or the peer. The partnership helps with learning by doing. Partner drills are also used with the kata training. Kata is the choreographed or planned pattern of martial arts movements. Meditation and breathing are also used as tools to help with self-regulation when students become frustrated or overwhelmed. In this week's Rite of Passage experience, also known as the acronym ROPE, I want to talk about my experience with martial arts and self-defense. Growing up in the 1980s, I was a big fan of the Karate Kid movie with Ralph Macchio, and Pat Morita. I remember seeing Pat Morita in the movie as Mr. Miyagi and wondering why is Arnold from the TV show Happy Days in the movie. It was in fact the same actor. I also remember seeing Larry Drake in the Karate Kid movie. Larry Drake played the developmentally disabled Benny Stolwitz in the TV show LA Law. They didn't use Persian first language in the nineteen eighties. Larry Drake also played one of the American antagonists on the beach after Mr. Miyagi teaches Daniel Russo In the original Karate Kid movie. I later became a fan of Bruce Lee. After discovering him. In an Atari game. Atari is the 1980's dinosaur. Of the Playstation or Nintendo Switch. A year after September 11th happened. I found a Jiu Jitsu self defense class at the YWCA on 53rd Street in New York City. It was a regular class. I asked Robin Rosenthal if she would help me adapt to the class with the use of my crutches and stick fighting. She agreed and over the next few months I learned to use my crutches as self-defense tools. I also learned how quickly shifting my stance to a balanced and defensive pose increased my confidence. I would grab the handle of my crutch and turn it into a policeman's nightstick. I also learned about weak points of the knees elbows and other joints. In class I learned to shift my weight to the attacker using the attacker as a balance point, leaning on them before defending myself. In practice this often surprised my sparring partner. One of the ways I still practice situational awareness is not to carry cash with me. I also have a chain on my wallet clipped to my waist. That way, if my wallet falls out of my pants, my wallet doesn't fall on the ground. It is still at arm's length, and I don't have to bend down to pick it up off the ground. When I'm alone, especially at night, I keep focused on where I'm going. I don't let anything stop me from where I am going unless there is something physically in my way. I also have a simple mental checklist. I routinely check that I have my wallet, keys, and my phone anytime I make significant transitional movements like sitting to a standing position, or vice versa. How can you increase your situational awareness? Who can you work with to practice your situational awareness? I want to leave you with a thought from Bruce Lee's daughter, Shannon Lee, who talks about her dad's fight to make himself better. So there was this sort of constant struggle. But because of that, I think he developed very early on this understanding that he had to rely on himself and he had to hone himself. Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group you can also email the show at the surreal podcast at gmail.com or send questions comments or ideas for the show and remember it takes effort to be vulnerable be accountable and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself you can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving The Cerebral Podcast.